Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this beautiful day that the Lord has given us. The last Sunday in the Easter season, Ex Audi Sunday. And of course, those names, uh, those Latin names come from the introit, as this day we say, Hear, O Lord. And so that word Ex Audi means hear, and it's kind of an, an answer to last Sunday where it was cry out to the Lord, and then now we rejoice that He hears us on account of the Spirit who has borne witness to us of Jesus. And that is what we'll hear in the Gospel readings this day. And so, for a fuller, or Gospel reading, rather, for a fuller uh, look at what our readings contain, I'll ask you to turn your bulletins uh, to the inside of the back cover there, where we have that focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings in the service this day. The Spirit of truth bears witness to Jesus, who is the truth, but the world does not receive the truth. It loves its own and hates those who are of the truth. Just as Jesus was scorned, so is his church. The hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God, Jesus says. Yet it is by Jesus' suffering and death that we are saved. Therefore we rejoice to share in his sufferings that we might also share in his resurrection glory. Through the ministry of the spirit of truth, we are cleansed from the deceit of our idols and given a new heart and a new spirit the heart and spirit of Christ. He now works in us fervent, self-giving love for one another, love which covers a multitude of sins, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And as the Spirit has borne witness to us of Jesus, he also brings us the gifts of Jesus, his word and his sacrament. We have the joy of receiving Christ's body and blood in and under bread and wine this day in the fellowship of this altar. And as our Lord calls us in his word, he bids us to be of one confession as we come forward to receive this body and blood. Therefore, in accord with his word and testament, we ask that all those joining us at the altar this day be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us in that one orthodox confession, faith, confession of faith, rejoicing to receive the Lord's gifts. Our service setting this day is Divine Service Setting 3 as it begins on page 184. We now sing the first hymn. O King of glory, Lord of hosts, uplifted in triumph far above all heavens, leave us not without consolation, but send us the Spirit of truth whom you promised from the Father. For you live and reign with him in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the seventh Sunday of Easter is from Ezekiel, chapter 36. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. 
and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my just decrees. You shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Peter, chapter 4. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 15th and 16th chapters. Jesus said, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our risen and ascended Lord, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Dear saints, these are foreboding words from our Lord this day. As Christ's church living in the midst of an unbelieving world, we are in enemy territory. Now, I understand that in a peaceful rural town like Norbert, it may not feel like we experience the hatred of the world around us, and thanks be to God for that. But rest assured, there are plenty of Christians who do feel that hatred and wrath of Satan and those who follow after his lies. Nevertheless, we shouldn't think that we are somehow insulated against our spiritual enemies. One of Satan's greatest tactics against Christians and the church is to lull us into a false sense of security. That is when he assaults us in ways that we least expected. We are not in paradise yet. That is the truth. Therefore, we will suffer. Our way is the way of the cross. As those who are baptized into Christ and marked with his name, filled with his spirit, we will suffer the reproach of the world. As it was done to Jesus, so it will be done to Christians. Dear saints, you've been baptized into Christ Joined to his death and resurrection, as St. Paul teaches us, 
Jesus has washed you clean of sin. He has made you a member of his living body, the church. You've been given the spirit of truth, the helper, the advocate, the comforter. Therefore, as a Christian, you view the world completely differently than unbelievers. Your life is not shaped by the thoughts and ways of the world, but by the cross of Christ and the word of Christ. When you were baptized, you received the sign of the cross, both upon your forehead and upon your heart, to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. And as glorious as that sign is, and it is glorious, it also marks you as a target for the devil and this unbelieving world. As God's baptized children, well, you live with one foot in this world and one foot in heaven. You can kind of think of it as having dual citizenship, if you will. Yes, God has given you an earthly, temporal life here in this world, but he's also given you the sure and certain promise of life eternal. And that promise of heaven applies not just when your earthly life is done and over, but even now in this life. Therefore, regardless of whatever happens in this world, all who persevere in the one true faith have an eternity of joy and peace to look forward to. You live your earthly life with an eternal perspective, a view on what is to come, even though we only see it dimly now. You live with the knowledge that, as St. Peter said in the epistle, the end of all things is at hand. Jesus could come back any moment. I may not even finish this sermon if it be his will. We are living in that little while Jesus spoke of between Pentecost and the last day, when Jesus will return to judge the living and the dead. However, until Christ's return, well, we live in this sinful world, and we suffer as those who belong to Jesus. Now, as ominous as that may sound, this truth really should not lead us to despair. And the reason why is this. Because Christ is risen. He is ascended and reigning for your good. He has triumphed over your enemies and claimed you as his own. You belong to Jesus. Your sins are forgiven, and he abides with you and in you in his word and sacraments. In baptism, the Lord sprinkled clean water on you and he cleansed you of all your idols, all your uncleannesses. He has given you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son has been given to you as a seal and a guarantee of what is to come. As the Lord spoke to the prophet Ezekiel, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And notice... Who's the actor in that? God is the one who does that. He has put his spirit in you. There's no acceptance. There's no handshake with Jesus. There's no making a decision. That's all Jesus for you. And the Holy Spirit, he helps, comforts, and consoles you with the word and sacraments of Jesus, giving to you all that Christ won on the cross. He is the spirit of truth who opens our lips to declare God's praise as we did just moments ago in the hymn of the day. Christ is the world's redeemer, the lover of the pure, the font of heavenly wisdom, our trust and hope secure, the armor of his soldiers, the Lord of earth and sky, our health while we are living, our life when we shall die. But a lot of Christians ask this question, why should the truth of the gospel cause you to suffer? It's precisely because you are united to Jesus. And unbelievers do not and cannot understand what makes you who you are and what you are. As St. Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians 2.14, unbelievers are not able to understand the things of God because they do not have the Holy Spirit. 
As I've said before, unbelief is not a cognitive or intellectual problem. It is a spiritual problem. As Christians, you have different priorities altogether. And it is precisely because you have received the Holy Spirit. You view this world in light of God's word and the death and resurrection of Jesus. And that is simply beyond the comprehension of unbelievers. You are united to Jesus in baptism. The devil cannot defeat Jesus, but us Christians, well, we are an easier target. Therefore, the devil and all those who hate and reject Jesus, they're going to direct their hatred towards Christ's church, which includes you. And all of this hatred, well, it leads to the judgment of the world and to open hostility at times. Now, we witness this judgment, hostility, and hatred in seemingly strange ways. Folks, though I tire of mentioning gender ideology and sexual perversity in sermons, it must be spoken against because the culture will not stop advocating its lies. It seems strange to Bible-believing Christians today that someone could be offended by the simple truth that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. But this is where we find ourselves today. I'm reminded of St. Paul's words to the young pastor, Timothy. He said, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves. And in the Greek, it's they will heap up in piles for themselves. Teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. When it comes to God's created order for male and female, it really is simple. God created man and woman to be joined together in marriage for life. Within the God-pleasing bonds of marriage, physical intimacy is a gift. And from the one flesh union, God brings forth children according to his will. However, our world disagrees with God. Having been deluded by Satan and those who follow after the perverse passions of the sinful flesh. Therefore, when God's people simply speak the truth about male, female, marriage, sex, and children... We're labeled as haters, as bigots, even as threats to democracy. It's like living in the twilight zone. However, we should not be surprised at this. Jesus said it would be like this. And while it is true that we won't be cast out of the synagogues as the apostles were, Bible-believing Christians may be thrown out of school board meetings for opposing gender ideology in public schools. They may be shunned on social media and demonized by the press. And newsflash, this is already happening. You may lose your job for confessing the truth of God's word, be abandoned by longtime friends, and targeted by the seemingly combined will of the federal government, big tech, and the LGBTQ lobby. This is a strange world we live in today. So when the world opposes you for simply being a Christian, where do you go? To whom do you turn for comfort, for refuge, and strength? Well, the answer is found in the introit that we prayed earlier. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Teach me your way, O Lord. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. When the devil, the world, and even our own sinful flesh rage against us, We seek refuge in the Lord who has overcome them all. We cry out to our risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ who has set us free from sin, death, and the devil by his victorious death and resurrection. In the midst of suffering and persecution, we are comforted by the Holy Spirit whom Christ has sent to bear witness to what he has done. 
And it is that same Holy Spirit that actually causes us to love our enemies and to pray for them as our Lord did on the cross, even as he was pierced for the salvation of the world. We love them not with a warm, fuzzy love, but because we want them to have the same thing we have. Forgiveness, life, and salvation through faith in Jesus. That is what we would desire for all people, even as our Heavenly Father desires it. Now, it is in divine mercy that the Holy Spirit gives us comfort and forgiveness, cleansing and strength. All of this is, and more is freely given to us in Christ's life-giving word and sacraments. To Christians who are weary of the daily temptations and challenges to faith, which are pressed upon us by unbelieving co-workers, friends, or even family members, the Holy Spirit gives us rest. In his word, Jesus draws near to you. And folks, that is not just in some wispy-sounding way that's so poetic and oh, it might make my heart feel better for just a moment, but in a very real way. The risen and ascended Lord speaks to you in his word. He is there. In his absolution, Christ forgives you your sins and trespasses. And in his holy supper, Jesus himself feeds you in mercy, giving you forgiveness, life, and salvation in and under bread and wine as he gives us also his true body and true blood, which gives strength and his consoling peace. This comfort and consolation in the midst of suffering is the very thing that we prayed for in the collect of the day. We called upon Jesus, saying, O King of glory, Lord of hosts, uplifted in triumph far above all heavens, leave us not without consolation, but send us the Spirit of truth whom you promised from the Father. And this very request arises from the Gospel lesson where our Lord has told us, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. It is this witness of the Spirit which gives us comfort amidst the darkness, consolation amidst our daily spiritual battles. But these spiritual attacks, they don't only come from the world and those around us. We still have the sinful nature. And the old sinful nature is like a traitor who lives inside of us. Our sinful flesh does not want to be shunned by the world. Our sinful flesh doesn't want to be uncomfortable or disliked by anyone. And we certainly cannot stand the possibility of negative financial consequences for being a Christian. Therefore, the temptation that we all too often face is this, to deny Jesus outright or to just simply never speak of him to anyone. This is the temptation Peter faced on the night our Lord was betrayed into the hands of sinful men. Our Lord Jesus speaks plainly about this, saying, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. So, dear saints, where do we go when we, just like Peter, are tempted to deny our Lord? Well, dear Christian, when you are tempted to falter, go to him who never will, Jesus Christ our Lord. In the book of Hebrews, we are taught... Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When you're tempted in this way, Christ is still your refuge your strength, your mighty fortress. Your Lord Jesus sympathizes with you in your weakness because he knows your temptations and he has overcome them all. 
He has triumphed over the devil and his lies. He has defeated death and put it to shame by rising from death. He's washed away your sin with his blood shed for you on the cross, and he's made you his own in baptism. You don't belong to the world. The devil has no claim on you. Dear Christian, when the fight is fierce and the warfare is long, commend yourself to God in prayer and wait for the Lord. As the psalmist declares, be strong and let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. He's promised to never leave you nor forsake you. And all of these warnings about the end of all things, he speaks to us for our good so that we won't be shocked, we won't be surprised, so that we won't fall away. Remember, he has told us, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Dear saints, we would do well to remember that St. Peter was restored and went on to become the first of his brothers. The Lord restores us each and every day in his mercy. You see, our peace in this life and in the next is Jesus, who has overcome our enemies. He who has ascended to the right hand of the Father will one day take us from this veil of tears and bring us to everlasting joy in his presence. Until that day comes, he has sent us the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who bears witness to Christ, who bears witness to all Christ has done for you and for the world. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And of course, the answer is no one. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord may guard and protect his church, so that she may be kept faithful in the face of temptation and persecution, and that she would be made fruitful in the work she does in Christ's name. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord would raise up faithful pastors for the ministry of word and sacrament, that he would give us faithful men and women to be teachers, musicians, deaconesses, and directors of Christian education and outreach, and that as Matthias was set apart for service, these also may serve for the benefit of all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may grow in the knowledge of God's word and be faithful teachers of that word to our children and those not yet of the kingdom. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the nations would enjoy peace, goodwill, an end to terror and bloodshed and freedom from tyranny and that our leaders would be faithful in their service for the protection of life and the pursuit of all that is just and good. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our land and our people, that we may be shielded from pestilence, drought, and hunger, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the sick would be healed, the suffering relieved, the grieving comforted, and the dying granted peace. We especially pray for John Brenneman, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Richard Phillips, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, Ted Phillips, and Michael Pete, and that the Lord would strengthen them in their weakness, grant patience in their trials, and give them endurance for the race that is set before them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who receive the body and blood of Christ, that they would have the peace that surpasses understanding the gladness that no man can take from them, and the hope that does not fade away. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that through your Holy Spirit, you have appointed us to bear witness to your dear Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Since the world cannot endure this testimony and persecutes us in every way, encourage and comfort us, we implore you, that we would not be offended by these crosses, but continue steadfast in your testimony and be found always among those who know you and your Son until we obtain eternal salvation. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, again, good morning and welcome on this beautiful day that the Lord has given to us. Just a handful of announcements before we continue with the morning. Of course, Sunday school and Bible study immediately following worship. Uh, and a big thank you to all of our Sunday school teachers and volunteers over this past year. Your hard work and dedication, your love, those things have not gone uh, unnoticed. And we give thanks to God for all of your faithful service. Uh, and just another reminder that there's no theology on tap for May, but there will be in June. So uh, keep your uh, eyes tuned to when that will be coming back. Um, also, I want to highlight, this is the, the third week in a row I've done this, but it's really a worthwhile thing. Um, well, actually, I should say the past two weeks I've highlighted issues, etc., there's a, another program that is produced by the same uh, Lutheran Public Radio called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. It is a daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study with Pastor Will Whedon of St. Paul Lutheran Church in Hamill, Illinois. I can tell you it is spectacular. Uh, there's an online archive for all the books that he's already completed Bible studies for. Uh, he'll be starting the book of Acts uh, this coming week, so I do encourage you to take advantage of that. And again, even if you can't listen to it live, you can always go online to the website listed in the bulletin there, uh, which is thewordendures.org, um, and look up the archive of what's available there, and it's just fantastic. You will not be disappointed. Uh, and then also, uh, if you're looking for a camping opportunity, we have two camps in the Missouri District, Heights Point down by the Lake of the Ozarks, and then Camp Wapapello, uh, which is further down south. Both are tremendous options. We've got a little extra information listed there for Camp Wapapello uh, in the bulletin, along with some brochures available on the glass case as we begin to go into this beautiful summer season. Any announcements which I may have missed? Pastor, I yes, yes, thank you. So June 25th will be Reunion Sunday. Uh, look for more information to come on that. We'll post some more on the, uh, on the Facebook page. Thank you. All right. God's peace be with you. I'll greet you at the door.